from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. For the WIA National News Service, I'm Graham VK4BB. The amateur radio on the International Space Station is to encapsulate its accomplishments over two decades by transmitting a set of 12 SSTV images from space. ISS Ham Radio Program Manager Frank Barr, KA3HDO, has announced the initiative that's expected around the weekend of July 15, depending on the availability of the International Space Station. On In Special Interest Group News today, Immediate Past Director Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, will have a great story on Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, who has just been awarded a most prestigious award. The slow-scan TV images that Frank has arranged will depict the first ARIS meeting in November 1996, the joint operations on the Mir space station, and the extraordinary developments that have occurred in the past 20 years. ARIS certainly can be proud that it's touched the lives of many and inspired and educated countless students to pursue science, technology, engineering and math careers. Amelia Earhart flight path commemoration almost halfway. The the around-the-world solo flight by pilot Brian Lloyd, WB6RQN, who is tracing most of the path taken by the Amelia Earhart flight, is now due over the Timor Sea, headed for Australia. The legendary Earhart and her navigator Fred Noonan disappeared July 2, 1937, supposedly near Howland Island in the Pacific. They were never found. On June 1 this year, Brian, WB6RQN, began his two-month flight from Florida in a single-engine aircraft fitted with amateur radio. The flight has already successfully crossed the Atlantic Ocean, South America, Africa, India and Southeast Asia. When this broadcast goes to air Sunday, June 24, the flight should be over the Timor Sea, headed here for Australia. His flight has stopovers in Darwin, Alice Springs, Townsville, Brisbane, Sydney, Auckland, Suva, a flyover of Howland Island, which has no runway, then to Hawaii, California, ending in Texas, July 29. Listen for WB6RQN on SSB. The frequencies are in the text edition at wia.org.au. Lloyd's ham rig will be a Motorola MICOM 3 HF transceiver with Automatic Link Establishment, or ALE. ALE, we asked WB6RQN, please explain. Making a contact with ALE is nothing more than entering the person's call sign and the radio then figures out, oh, I can reach that person on this frequency, on this band, and it then digitally transmits a connection request, kind of like packet radio. But once it establishes the connection, it switches to single sideband voice. If you operate digital modes now, you know, if you're operating Olivia or a PSK31 and you have a sound card interface between your radio and your computer, you can pick up a copy of PCALE and you will be able to operate ALE communicate with me that way. I'm going to be operating in the DX portion of 40 meters and 20 meters, 17 meters, maybe some 15 meters. depends on band opening. You can track me directly. The web page is, all one word, projectameliaearhart.org. Brian hopes many hams will give ale a try. But to our friends in the north at the Darwin Amateur Radio Club, Townsville Amateur Radio Club, and maybe even our own Felix and Ingham, we'd love to get some audio as WB6RQN moves through your flight areas. I hope to get a chance to work many of your listeners as I make my way around the world. WIA board comment. 
In May, the Wireless Institute of Australia began its trial of theory and regulation assessments online that have proved to be very popular with about 230 people accessing them. Fred Swainston advises the trial has now been completed and a draft process for future online exams worked out to possibly be used by WIA-nominated assessors with candidates needing a remote assessment. It is intended that the online exams will be available to all candidates. The online development will then be explained in detail by the WIA to the ACMA seeking its approval for them to be used. By the end of this month, The suite of assessments now available will be joined by two trial foundation licence assessment papers, all similar to those used in the actual multi-choice exams. These exams will be converted into tutorials and remain online as an educational resource. Fred Swainston, VK4FE, VK3DAC, says many thanks to the radio amateurs, upgraders and those wanting to get into the hobby for giving the exams a try. Hello everyone, my name is Peter Clee, VK8ZZ. I live at Wagate Beach, which is located on the Cox Peninsula on the western side of Darwin Harbour in the Northern Territory. I have held an amateur licence for 40 years operating with the call signs VK2NUK, 2KZZ, VK6KZZ and VK8KZZ. I also spent a number of years in the 80s in Papua New Guinea as P29NUK and P29KZZ. In this week's board comment, I want to shine some attention on the invaluable service which is the WIA Monitoring Service. This service forms part of the IARU Global Monitoring Services throughout the world. The service documents information on intruders into the amateur bands, which is subsequently shared with our regulatory authority and other national societies within the IARU Region 3 and with other regions to assist locating and identifying those intruders. In Australia, we are very grateful for the great work, time and dedication of Peter Young, VK3MV, both in his position on the Spectrum Committee and as the coordinator of the WIA Monitoring Service. Also, we are very grateful to the volunteers, particularly John VK4TJ, Lynn VK4SWE and Cole VK4CC, along with those other amateurs who submit reports on intruders into our bands. The WIA has a long-established arrangement whereby amateurs can report possible unauthorised transmissions within our primary HF bands to the WMS coordinator. Indeed, last year, WIA observers detected 5,294 intrusions, an increase on the 2015 figures of 5,289 reports. That's despite the decrease in sunspot activity. The WIA continues to provide monthly monitoring reports to the Australian Communications Media Authority of these intrusions. However, due to the itinerant nature of some intruders, the ACMA has difficulty in determining which ITU member administration is responsible which draws out the process in their removal. Uh, In many cases, there has been some success, but only to see the same intruder return sometime later. It is also unfortunate that some administrations also ignore requests for removal of interfering services from our primary status bands. Monthly monitoring reports are placed in the members section of the WIA website. It is, however, good news that there have been some success with the removal of a number of Indonesian village radio stations by the Indonesian government regulator. Unfortunately, there are also many stations still in operation, and considering there are over 10,000 islands in that jurisdiction, it is a big task. Over-the-horizon radar systems also continue to annoy us by invading our bands. It has been reported that Russia commissioned 36 new systems last year alone. 
The WIA monitoring service <clears throat> has been assisted in recent times with the implementation of several software-defined receivers, which have been used to identify non-amateur transmissions, including digital modes. The WIA monitoring system coordinator, Peter VK3MV, has recommended and supported clubs to establish more SDR systems, which can then be utilised by volunteers of the service to monitor for intruders. Intrusions on the band should not go unreported. Reports can easily be made and and quickly be made using the online intruder form, which is located on the IARU monitoring section under four members in the webpage. So when you next hear a possible intruder, report the matter and help protect our bands. There's also a need for more volunteers to assist the service. Volunteers need not be licensed amateurs, but shortwave enthusiasts are encouraged to make inquiries. More information can be found on the WIA website or by emailing the coordinator, Peter, Peter VK3MV, at intruders at wia.org.au. I'm Peter, VK8ZZ. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Peter. Now, in Region 3, for the period of April 2017, there were 83 observations from the JARL in Japan, 20 observations from the NZART New Zealand, and a whopping 547 observations from your WIA. Just ahead of VK2ZRH Roger Harrison, in today's discussion point, an idea by the ARRL thinking outside the box. Support the ARRL and earn 10,000 Visa card bonus points. Remember, this is just for United States amateurs. When a call signs up with the ARRL Visa signature card, for starters, spend just $2,000 in the first 90 days and you'll earn 10,000 bonus points. In addition, part of every card purchase will be donated automatically to the ARRL, so you can make a difference with every purchase every day. A great idea from the ARRL. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee, with news about future licence conditions, consultations. Well, consultation on Phase 1 closed last week, with a total of 362 people who responded. That's fantastic. With three propositions concerning general principles, Phase 1 was open for five weeks, beginning just before the WIA AGM in Harndorf. Responses came from all states and territories, including VK9, and from some not yet licensed, but clearly interested in the future of the hobby. However, to be completely accurate, no VK0s participated. Oh well, it's midwinter down south, and they've lots of other things to do, like taking the traditional midwinter swim in a hole cut through the sea ice. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Most responses to Phase 1 came from VK3, closely followed by VK2, as you'd expect. From a preliminary analysis, it is clear that there's an appetite for change across the amateur radio community. In response to Question 1, that, with the introduction of parameters-based licensing, some 88% of responses were totally in favour that future amateur licensing must not be reduced or downgraded from the principles embodied in current apparatus licensing. Around 7% were mildly in favour, while about 5% were undecided. For the half percent against it, it has to be concluded that there are mavericks in every crowd. With question two, on the principle of reducing regulation, 
to enable licensees to explore, experiment and learn with the least possible impediment, balanced with responsible use of the radio spectrum and respect for other users, more than 85% of respondents were totally in favour, with 12% mildly in favour. Fewer than 1% were either undecided or strongly against. In response to question 3, on permitted powers for all licence grades being reviewed in a sensible pragmatic approach, more than 83% were totally in favour, almost 10% were mildly in favour, about 3% were undecided and some 4% were opposed. Along with the selections chosen, many participants included very thoughtful comments and reasoned arguments in support of their selections. Well done everybody. Now, phase two is still open, but closes around midnight. It's about proposed changes to each license grade. All that stuff dear to everyone's heart. Already there are more than 330 responses. While you're at it, complete your responses to phase three, which is about outstanding issues in license conditions which are equally important. Phase 3 closes on the 30th, next Friday. Do not leave it to others, even if you don't normally engage. This is an opportunity for everyone interested in the hobby, even if you don't have a licence yet. If you've already had your say, why not consider helping spread the word and get more people involved? You don't have to be a member of the WIA or even have a licence, just an interest in the future of amateur radio. That leaves me to urge you then, get cracking. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International News. I'm John, VK4JJW. SARL Fund for Disaster Victims. South African Amateur Radio League President Nico ZS6QL said in a newsflash, I'm pleased to announce that Council has decided on short notice to establish an independent General Disaster Trust Fund to assist fellow radio amateurs who've suffered because of natural disasters. In a nutshell, this General Disaster Fund will be administered by independent trustees and not by Council. Trustees will have absolute discretion how funds to the current and for future major relief situations are to be utilised. This is an open and honest initiative from Council to establish a fund for the current and for future major relief situations to assist in extraordinary circumstances and not ordinary charity circumstances. Asteroid named after Radio Ham the International Astronomical Union has rewarded the space physicist and radio amateur Aster Pellinen Wonberg, SM3UHV, by designating a celestial body in her name, Asteroid 11807 Wonberg. The Swedish National Amateur Radio Society SSA reports Aster Pellinen Wonberg is a professor at the Department of Physics at Yumi University. She's made a groundbreaking effort to use scattering radar when studying meteors that are activated when small particles penetrate into the atmosphere. The method is now applied to about 10 stations around the world. It increases the ability to study different large flows, smaller particles, and details in their interaction with the atmosphere, says Aster Pellinen-Wonberg. Aster is chair of the Swedish National Committee for Radio Science, SNRV, and has researched together with Goodman Wonberg, SM3BYA, who served as technical manager at IceScat Radar in Karuna and associate professor at UMI University. 
Hole in the Sun's Atmosphere A large hole has opened in the Sun's atmosphere and is turning toward Earth. NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory is monitoring the structure. This is a coronal hole, CH, a region where the Sun's magnetic field peels back and allows solar wind to escape. High-latitude skywatchers have been on the alert for auroras, especially in the southern hemisphere, where autumn darkness favours visibility. Forecasters note that this stream is unusually fast, with wind speeds as high as 700 kilometres a second, yes, per second. Moreover, it's threaded with negative polarity, south-pointing magnetic fields. Such fields do a good job connecting to Earth's magnetosphere and energising geomagnetic storms. This chicken burger is out to launch. You've heard about high-altitude balloon launches carrying APRS equipment and sending data back to Earth, but in this week's weird and wonderful segment, we leave you with this sizzling question. Why did the chicken burger cross the launching pad? The answer? To get into space, of course. As our good friends at Amateur Radio Newsline have reported, this isn't just any burger, or sandwich as it's known in the US of A, and this isn't just any chicken. This is the main ingredient for a promotional stunt by KFC for its sizzling spicy zinger sandwich. The space antics are playing off an advertising campaign that features Kentucky Fried Chicken founder Colonel Harlan Sanders, played by actor Rob Lowe, in a spacesuit. KFC is introducing the sandwich in the US and decided to mark that launch with a real launch. Talk about fast food. Sometime very soon, in a galaxy very close to home, the sandwich will be dispatched to the edge of the atmosphere via high-altitude balloon known as a stratolite, courtesy of Worldview Enterprises of Arizona. This will be poultry in motion at very high altitudes indeed. KFC is betting its lunch that this flight constitutes the longest controlled stratospheric balloon flight carrying a commercial payload. When it comes back to Earth, at least four days later, it'll bring back telemetry data. But sorry, there's no dessert. Riding aboard the Stratolite, it's not likely the Zinger will make it as high as 62 miles up, which is considered the edge of space, but perhaps that honour will someday be reserved, not for chicken, but some high-flying ham instead. Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All the major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017 January 1-31, December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge This current weekend sees the June 24-25 Winter VHF UHF Field Days 2017 10-10 International Summer Contest, August 5-6 and 6. WIA's Flagship Contest and Remembrance Day Contest, 12th and 13th of August Satellite DX Operation in the Belize Belize V3. Look for David KG5CCI to be active as V31CI from Ambergris K NA073 until June 21, 27. Listen to him on satellites, 6 meters, digital and SSB, and possibly on the HF bands. QSL direct to KG5CCI. Sukan HL1 HHS will operate as VK9AA on Christmas Island to the 1st of July. He will be on all bands, 80 meters to 10 meters, CW, SSB, and digital. QSL manager for VK9AA is HL2UVH. VK7RST beacons upgrade. Please note that the VK7RST 6 meter beacon on 50.297 megahertz will be off air for at least a month, whilst it is upgraded to a GPS locked CW stroke JT4 beacon. 
This upgrade will also include the currently off-air VK7RST 2-meter beacon on 144.470 MHz. Also become a GPS-locked CW-JT4 beacon. VK7 News says once license changes go through, added will be a 70cm GPS-locked beacon on 432.470 MHz. May the 4th be with us. The USA's Fish and Wildlife Service, FWS, has agreed that a de-expedition to the Baker and Howland Islands, KH1, the fourth most wanted DXCC entity, would be an acceptable use, but has detailed strict conditions under which it would issue a special use permit, SUP, to allow such use. The FWS recently completed their compatibility determination for amateur ready operation on Baker Island National Wildlife Refuge, and two dozen comments showed strong support for amateur ready operation. On the ecologically sensitive island refuge, the FWS said, Bank Island is 1,830 nautical miles southwest of Honolulu, an eight-day voyage. At fourth most wanted, we are all waiting now for the details of just who are heading out for the activation. For VK1WA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Enningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. The WIA AGM in Handoff theme. The July amateur radio magazine cover shows some of the come and try activities that were held at the AGM and inside more than a dozen pages on other events during the weekend. The WIA AGM theme is also in the President's Report by Justin Giles-Clark, VK7TW, who thanks the many of VK5 volunteers who showed that the magic of radio is alive and well. The WIA President also outlines some changes occurring that include the board minutes via MEMNET and the development of a strategy committee to guide development of a member-driven strategy and vision. Justin VK7TW stressed that the important work of existing committees will continue and they are likely to have a greater responsibility. Amateur Radio Magazine also has the Marconi Legacy by Jim VK3PC, Solar Boat Operating with John VK4JWT and a programmable two-tone signal source shown by Dale VK1DSH. With its usual special interest and regional columns, the July edition of Amateur Radio Magazine, a WIA member service, has plenty of very good reading. This is Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Road rage, ice, work if you can work him. This story, we weren't too sure where to slot. It is of special interest, yet not too many would have the fortitude. It's a real story, a story of I Can Do It, That Amateur Radio Spirit. The reality television show called Ice Road Truckers has exploits of trucks and unmade and treacherous roads in the Yukon and Northwest Territories of Canada. Gabriel Zeifman, VE6NJH, thought it was the way to create some active rare grid squares in the Arctic on amateur satellites. The recent qualified radio amateur from Oklahoma in the US, NJ7H, has tried the ice roads using a four-wheel drive Subaru XV Crosstrack. He has already put on areas normally impossible to reach. 
In the harsh Arctic environment, the vehicle has an engine block heater, tyre chains and first aid kit, but so far VE6NJH has not needed them. There is also food, water, stoves, sleeping bags and emergency satellite beacons. Carbon monoxide detector alarms are ready should they be needed while he sleeps in the running vehicle that has extra fuel capacity. Gabriel, VE6NJH, hopes to be an air traffic controller with his sight on canoeing in Alaska and Canada to access even more remote areas. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Frank Boyer, KA3HDO, among Distinguished Public Service Medal honorees. AMSAT's VP of Human Spaceflight, Frank Boyer, KA3HDO, AMSAT VP for Human Spaceflight Programs and RS International Chair, was among 14 honorees for NASA's 2017 Distinguished Public Service Medal. NASA Agency Honor Award Ceremony for 2017 Distinguished Service Medal and Distinguished Public Service Medal honorees was held Thursday, June the 15th and broadcast on NASA TV. During the Agency Honor Award Ceremony on Thursday, Acting NASA Administrator Lightfoot presented NASA's most prestigious honours to NASA's 2017 Distinguished Service Medal honorees and Distinguished Public Service Medal honorees. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, AT Fire Department, Ham Radio to the Rescue. Emergency response is so much part of being a ham that one community in Texas decided to give that life-saving effort greater communication access. Amateur Radio Newsline's Paul Braun, WD9GCO, says that Straight Shooting Gun Barrel City Fire Department is celebrating its newest piece of life-saving equipment, a hex beam antenna and rotator, giving the firefighter and QTH access to the HF bands. The antenna was installed with the help of the Cedar Creek Amateur Radio Club and the new HF station uses the club's call sign K5CCL. The club station's new hex beam has access to 20 through 10 metres with a long wire for the lower bands. The fire department has had basic radio service on site as part of its emergency operations centre but adding a ham radio club station provides what Cedar Creek Club President Ed Bush, K8MKN, calls another layer of protection for area residents. Magnetic Island to Townsville Swim A great day out on the water playing with radios to the sound of Migaloo and 100 plus marathon swimmers thrashing across Cleveland Bay, Townsville. Main comms on VHF with some UHF comms with clubbies and aircraft. It's also highly recommended that operators attend the swim briefing to meet the competitors, organisers and skippers. So if you're in the region and can help out, give a shout out on the VK4RAT repeater. Saturday 29th of July, Maggie Island to Townsville Swim Briefing Session from 1pm. Sunday the 30th of July, Maggie Island to Townsville Swim from 7am Strand Park. Operators so far of VK4ZZ, VK4ZM, VK4IGM, VK4ME, but many more are needed. Worldwide Special Interest Groups of VHF and above. VK7 records new 9cm contact, 153.4km. On June the 8th, Joe VK7JG, assisted by Ross VK7ALH, had a 9cm 3.4GHz voice contact with Peter VK7PD, assisted by second operator Michael, between Everton's Lane White Hills and Pinnacle Road Mount Wellington, a distance of 153.4km. 
At the heart of the equipment were two converted Wi-Fi panel transceivers, a brainchild of the Geelong Amateur Radio Club members, who designed modifications which turned them into 9cm to 70cm all-mode transverters. On single sideband, signal reports were 5 by one in both directions. An attempt to use digital mode JT65C was less successful due to a timing problem with one of the computers. This contact presently stands as an interstate record within VK7 on the 9cm band. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Tying the ribbon at WIA National News on the social scene in July. July 1, VK3, Gipstech 2017, the technical conference in Churchill. July 15 in VK2, Westlake's Amateur Radio Club in Lakeside, Taralba, New South Wales, is once again holding a car boot sale. This will be held at the club grounds July 15. These car boot sales days were introduced to bring locals together and are for the sale of any items, not just radio-related gear. Always interesting to see what is on offer. Setup is free, grounds are free, tea and coffee on site is free, goodwill is free. Generally, the start time is around 9am, but some buyers sellers may be early. July 22 in VK3, the Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. That's July 22, the Cranbourne Community Hall, Clarendon and High Streets, Cranbourne. There'll be door prizes, tea, coffee and a sausage sizzle, and it's all undercover with 41 tables of goodies, so there should be something for everyone. Entry is $6, doors open at 10am, be there. And don't forget to bring a friend. And don't forget, we'll see you same time, same bat channel next week. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.